You're listening to the What's Happening with Stage Lighting podcast with David Henry. He'll be giving you tips, tricks, ideas, news on new gear, and most importantly, help you make great lighting. Welcome to episode 1001 of What's Happening with Stage Lighting. In this episode, David tells you where he's been and how the podcast has developed and grown over the years. We take a look at the new Onyx NX1, NXK and NXP controllers. We dive into Intex Emu and talk about house light controls from Springtree which can pair up with Obsidian control systems and Netron nodes. friends welcome to what's happening in stage lighting and so i always laugh when i think about my podcast because um i've kind of got a podcast problem if you've been around learning stage lighting for any period of time uh for well for a long period of time you know that we've had the learn stage lighting podcast and it has actually existed this will be the third time i believe it has existed or the fourth really so <laughs> I started a podcast. Oh my goodness. I remember which house I lived in. We were renting this uh, really cheap place. Um, you know, this really rough place <laughs> in Nashville. Um, and I mean, it was, it was safe. It was just not, it was ugly. Um, it was not well taken care of. Our landlord was not good, but you know what? It was cheap. And so that would have been four and a half years, three years. That would have been like eight years ago. I did a podcast. We called it the Stage Lighting Basics Show. Um, why am I even saying this? I don't know. Uh, maybe you're interested. And, um, you know, I realized how hard podcasting was when I did that. So we let that die. And then uh, a few years ago, I came up with uh, the Learning Stage Lighting Podcast. We did it for a season. I know then I took a season off. Then I restarted it. And uh, then I ran out of steam sometime again last year. And, and probably part of the reason why is I've always struggled with the podcast to find kind of that perfect blend of stuff that you guys would want to hear. Because that's important to me. That's different from what other podcasts are doing. Um, and... Uh, you guys would just like to listen to, but it's not the same stuff that I'm saying in my videos, right? Because there's no point in me just rehashing the same kind of stuff that I did in my YouTube videos. We got caught in that for a while where it was like, okay, um, you know, you go like, okay, you know, if we're saying the same thing we say in the videos, then if you watch the videos, the podcast is just lame and boring. And honestly, I kind of felt the same way about it because I'd sit down and I'd record the show and I'd be like, I'm just saying the same things over again. And I know, you know, like the people that talk about online marketing and, and running businesses online, they talk about this kind of stuff and they say, you know, that's good because some people are going to want to get their info uh, via video, some via audio, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't think it's right for me. So instead, what we're going to do is I'm thinking one to two times a month, maybe once just me, maybe once an interview. Would you like me to interview people? Maybe so. Um, we're just going to talk about news, trends, stories, ideas, and more with me, David Henry. So 
who the heck is this guy if you're just listening? I think we're going to start, we'll call this like 1001 or something, just to start with a fresh numbering system. You know, who the heck am I? Well, I'm David. I run Learn Stage Lighting, the number one place to learn about lighting on the web. Uh, we've been doing it since 2012. It started rough, but now it's a full deal where we've got myself and JP working uh, full-time at this, and we've got some other folks uh, also working in the back end helping us out. And, and our dream, really, with Learn Stage Lighting and how we can help you is we want to be that place where you come and you learn. Okay, plenty of free resources, paid learning resources as well, where you can learn how to make great lighting for your events, no matter what that would be. And then we we do the full package now. So you not only do we want to teach you how to get the right stuff, get your stuff that you have in the right places, you know, get working with stuff. Not only do we have that, but also we want to be able to get you the right tools in your hands. So it's a full solution now where uh, we can help you learn what you need and we're dealers for all of the major brands of lighting uh, and, and there's so many others that we can get access to through partners and wholesalerships and stuff so that uh, if you're looking to get lights, we can help you get the information you need, be a great help to you and be able to make that sale to you all in one place. So it makes your life easier, it makes our life easier. You know, it's, it's really cool the way this has all come together. Okay, and so uh, right now, I just want to kind of start to recap some of the new stuff I've seen and also talk about some easy house light control ideas. Okay, Let, let's start with that, actually. So if you're in a permanent installation venue, okay, um, a lot of times if you have lights, especially if the house lights, the overhead lighting is controlled from DMX, from your lighting console, then you want to have a way to be able to control those for the average person, right? Because or else somebody's going to walk into your space, whether it's a music venue or a church or, um, you know, anything really with lighting that's permanently installed. You want anybody to be able to walk in that door and be able to press a button and get some light on so they can see and be safe and, and work on whatever they got to work on, right? But on the flip side, and this is where it rears its ugly head in so many hotel ballrooms, you want it to be so that when you do have your lighting console on, when you are running a show, that those buttons are locked out, that they won't work, that they can't be used, or at the very least, that you have a button near you so that if somebody accidentally presses a button on, you can press it right off. But it would be better. It would be better if that system uh, would not work when you had your lighting console on, if it, if it was completely locked out. And, and just in the industry, there's a couple ways that this happens. Uh, sometimes there is literally a lockout button. So you might have a station, you might have a wall button station near your console, and it would have a lockout button. So you'd be able to turn it off and lock it and then have control via your lighting console. Other systems... Actually, take the DMX out of your console into their system, and if your console's sending DMX, then the wall panel system is just automatically locked out. You can press the buttons all day long. It's not going to do anything. For most cases, this is my favorite solution because it's just simple, right? You know, you turn on your lighting console, um, and the wall panel's off. The only downside to a system like this is that 
you will get a second often where your lighting console or software turns on and starts transmitting DMX. And before you have a chance to turn lights on in that software, <laughs> you then, uh, before you have that chance, um, everything blacks out. And so, and, and, and then you turn your software on and the lights come back on, but that can be a safety issue, right? And it's just inconvenient. Um, and so, there's some different solutions, some things I've been thinking through that I think are really going to help people. And uh, if we haven't had it already, we'll have a video on the YouTube channel all about these solutions and how they're able to work. Okay. Um, and so um, I've just been thinking through a few of them because, uh, you know, when here, here's a product that we like, okay, when we think about easy house light control, and it is the Springtree SMA. We've got them, the SM8, SM8 by Springtree. We've got them on learn stage lighting gear and they're super simple where you just go ahead and you have a main station um, where that is the main SM8 um, and they are in the U.S. right now. They're $200. Um, like I said, we can get them. And then and then you can also add on additional stations. So the main station has DMX input and output on it. Um, so you go out of your lighting console to this main station and then on to any lights that you want to control. Okay. Now the limitation here is that you could only control up to a maximum of one DMX universe. Okay. But we're going to talk about that in a second because I've got a little hack, little hack that can fix that, that uh, we're going to do another video on soon, which will be really cool if we haven't already. Okay. Um, and then any additional stations connect to that main station via Cat5e cable. Okay. Um, which is easy to get. You can get it at your local hardware store. It's fairly easy to put the connectors on. Um, it's really not bad at all. Um, and if you know an electrician or anyone who works with like low voltage stuff, they can do them pretty quick. I've even gotten pretty good at them myself over the years, even though it's not I don't put, you know, I don't put together Cat5 cables with connectors for a living. Um, or if you do want, if you're not confident in it, there are other options of ways to do it without uh, using the traditional connectors. But anyway, so, um, so those are simple. And what I like about them, what I really like about them is they do have that mode where your data comes in from your console and they shut down, right? You turn off the data for your console and they're active again. It's it's really that stinking simple, and that's what I love about them. Um, and so uh, the downside, of course, like I mentioned, there's two downsides, which we're going to solve right here, right now, to that system, okay? Uh, the first is that uh, you get that zero, that blackout for a second sometimes if your lighting console or software doesn't immediately transmit the second it turns on. Now, depending on what you're doing, uh, for example, we use Onyx a lot, professional grade lighting software. Uh, a lot of people use it. If you set up Onyx or even light shark consoles like we have, you can set them to have a scene automatically start when the console starts. And in that case, depending on which console hardware software you have, you may still get a second or two of black before that scene loads. But it's better than nothing. It's better than, oh, I walked away and let the console start up, and then I was halfway across the room, everything blacked out, and it took me 30 seconds to get back. 
right? But it's still not perfect. Um, and so one thing Springtree does offer is they recommend just literally in your DMX line, just making a little switch to basically disconnect the DMX line. And so they make a version called the, uh, let me pull it up super quick. Um, do, 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 do. They have, I'm gonna have to search it to find it. They have a little one that's called, that's an SMA with a switch next to it, okay? An SMA with a little switch next to it. And of course it's, totally not fighting it. Yeah, the SMA Switch DMX Desk Station. It's $70 more, but it's basically bigger. It sits down on a desk, and it allows you, it has actual physical DMX in and out ports um, instead of hardwiring it in. And then there's a big old switch on it that says DMX on, DMX off. And so this one works very similar. Uh, if you leave it on DMX on and you turn your console off, it will still take over. It's just that you can switch it to DMX off, turn on your console, get that scene up, then switch it to DMX on, and you won't get any blackout in your room. It'll just happen seamlessly. Uh, they actually developed it for uh, some places and some folks, depending on your hardware setup, you may use a DMX node or a software console that stays on all the time or something that holds that DMX value and never lets it go. Um, and that can cause issues with auto-sensing the DMX turning off. And so in that case, having the switch uh, the SM8 switch desk station really can help because then it's like, okay, you don't have to have the DMX transmission stop in order for the house lights to take over. You can just buy this box, turn off the DMX, be good to go. Again, most consoles, DMX to USB devices, even Artnet and SACN nodes can be configured to shut off completely uh, when they lose DMX. Uh, but there are some that can't, and, and so that's a reason to do that. Um, now, the cool part. So I mentioned that, um, and, and this has always been a thing, that if you want to do simple house light controls, because there's other units on the market besides the Springtree SMA, uh, like, for example, Doug Fleener Designs has a very similar model. Uh, Megalite has a model. Uh, I even saw the guys at Pro Church Lights, uh, just a website that sells lights. I don't really have an affiliation with them. Um, we're sort of competitors, actually. Um, but they're but they're nice people. We've, we've talked before. Um, they have one. But... What I found is all those other brands are more expensive than the Spring Tree, and I don't see them really offer anything that makes them that much better. So I'm like, why go with something more expensive, right? Um, but with all of these DMX-based systems, um, the Mangalites sort of, they, they have an option to go with more universes. But with most of these systems, you get stuck only controlling one universe of lights through that wall panel. And so if you have a bigger venue, then you have to go and decide, okay, um, you know, like, what do I do? Do I only control the house lights and all the stage stuff can't be controlled by the wall panel? And that can work in a lot of situations and that can be good. Um, sometimes you just, you don't want the people to have that control of the stage stuff with the house light panel. But at the same time, with LED fixtures, 
you're not really worried about lamps getting left on and burning out, you know, and having to be replaced. Um, and so that's not as legitimate of a concern as it used to be. In fact, I like to leave in panels like these the ability to have a couple scenes that have stage lights up. So that way, like for an example, in a church, we, we have a lot of churches by these. And you've got a multi-purpose space with a stage. And, you know, there's going to be a little kids program or a rental group that, that's using the stage or something else. And you don't want to have to have somebody there who knows how to turn on the lights from the lighting software. You just want to say, hey, go to this button, hit number seven, and you're good to go. Okay, and that's going to give you stage lights, and it'll dim down the house lights a little, and maybe six is stage lights on with the house lights up at full, you know? And so now they've got those two options, and they can do house lights at full with no stage lights. You know, that's like three of the eight buttons. You do need an off button, um, four of the eight. And the other four are yours to be free with, but, you know, it gives you some cool options. But again, the issue with these type systems always has been, if you want to go over a single DMX universe... They just can't do it. Um, so an idea that's been stewing in my mind that I've checked and it will work, and I'm going to check it more, is uh, involves the Netron nodes by Obsidian Control Systems. So another co company we're dealer for, uh, it's, a, it's a brand under Elation Lighting. Um, and it's the people that make the Onyx consoles, but they make other things too. Okay. Um, and so I'm just popping over to Learn Stage Lighting Gear here. We have uh, the Netron stuff. And all of the Netron stuff pretty much runs the same software inside. And these DMX nodes can do a lot of things. So when you've got multiple universes of DMX output these days, often you're doing that from an Ethernet to DMX node. Okay, you're going ahead and, um, and, and you're going to go ahead and, you know, have ethernet from your lighting console or computer to that node which could be backstage um it could be in your tech area just depends on your setup and then it would output those multiple universes sometimes you have a uh, smaller nodes and a bunch of them on a uh, different uh on different uh, different trusses, you know, and you distribute it that way. There's there's different ways it can be done, but um but the cool thing about the netrons is that um, they have the ability to play back cues based on DMX input, okay? And so what this means is you can hook up to, to an extra port on one of your Netron nodes. You, you, you got to have an extra port, a DMX signal coming out of an SMA, okay? You can hook that into that node, and we've actually had people do this before, I just haven't done it personally yet. Okay, but I'm going to, I've got almost all the stuff here, um, and we will make a video. So you hook in an input coming out of that SMA. Your console, once your stuff is programmed, actually doesn't have to have an input to the SMA. It just has to have an output to the node, okay? And so you hook that up, and then you have just pre-programmed the SMA to say have DMX channels one through eight at full, those are the eight buttons. So button one is DMX channel one at full, button two is DMX channel two at full, three is three at full, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, and so, and so that's cool, you know? Um, and so that input comes in on the Netron node. If it sees DMX three at full, you've set it up, it takes a little configuration, but you set it up so that that triggers a cue 
inside your Netron node to play back a pre-recorded DMX look, okay? And the cool thing about this is it can be, it can shoot out data to other nodes and fixtures. And so now you can control technically like an unlimited number of DMX universes, I think, many DMX universes of, of stuff with a simple DMX wall switch that is only supposed to be able to trigger one universe, okay? And so if this is over your head, um, you know, that's okay. If you don't use multiple, uh, you don't use multiple universes of DMX a lot, you know, don't worry about it. But if you do, and you've thought about house light controls, or you've got a space like that, and you're like, oh man, I wish I could get more than just my house lights. I wish I could get other universes in control. There are now ways to do that. And it's really stinking cool, okay? Um, and so those are just some some really great options um, because if you start to get into, especially on the DIY you know path, some of these other systems like you know ETC is is a big one, Lutron, uh, which are kind of the 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 kings of the architectural lighting space. Like you end up having to buy a lot of different pieces and parts and do a ton of configuration to not really get any more uh, awesomeness than, than what I just, any more capability than what I just outlined. Um, you know, sometimes they look nicer, the ones like the ETC ones, you know, even the Echo ones, which are their bottom of the line stuff, their Echo Inspire stations, you know, they look a little nicer. Uh, you can print out custom labels for them. Yeah, I get that. Um, and the Echo system is good. Like at my church, we have an Echo, an Echo Inspire system. And I got no problem with it. Um, but the spring tree system typically comes in a little cheaper because there aren't other parts and pieces that you have to buy. And the setup and configuration is simpler. So that's why I recommend it. Um, now for the second part of our show, I want to talk about what's new. So the what's new segment is really just kind of news, right? Because I've seen, I've seen a few times lately, people ask and post like, Hey, you know, what do we do about news in lighting? Does anybody cover news anymore? Um, and I mean, there's magazines, there's trade magazines and they they typically do cover news. Um, of course they're going to be a little bit behind, but then again, I am here right now. <laughs> because they're a print magazine, you know, sometimes stuff gets in there and you're like, I heard about that, you know, a month and a half ago. And that's because they're a print magazine. You know, they've got to have editorial board, you know, the, the editors have to, writers have to submit to editors. They have to do layout. Then they have to ship it to a printer and then they have to mail them. Then it has to go through the mail, which is not always fast and get to you. Right. So it's going to take a while. Um, and so this is where I want to cover what's new. And of course, today's episode, it's the first episode that I've made in quite a while, and I want to talk about some console stuff that's been going on. Okay, so here on Lauren Stage Lighting for a long time, uh, our intro level console that we recommended to most people with their lighting rig was Entex DMXs. Okay, simple little software hardware setup where you could basically pre-program some scenes on your computer and then play them back with a foot pedal or in an audio DAW with backing tracks, um, at which point, you know, you'd be able to either run it automated with your show 
Um, or just play with a simple foot pedal. And we had bassists, keyboardists, drummers, even not, not usually with the foot pedal, uh, lead singers sometimes running some really pretty sweet lighting shows, um, all from stage without having to have a lighting person. When, when you're on the smaller scale, you know, you, there's no way you're going to hire a lighting person anyways. And you just don't need it. Um, and we love DMXs, but DMXs died. Um, and DMX has died for a few reasons. It went away uh, because, uh, number one, the software definitely needed a redesign. Like, just in the back-end code, I know there were some issues. And again, I'm not a developer. But, like, with the way that things looked and felt and happened, I know things were getting outdated to a point where they were going to have to majorly rewrite it to, to work best with new computers. Okay. Uh, the other thing that hit it was the chip shortage. Um, that was kind of the straw, I think, that broke the camel's back. Again, I don't know for sure, but I know that there were some things like just with the way it looked and, and how it dealt with higher resolution screens, um, especially if they were small but higher resolution, um, it would get really small. Uh, and, and I know to deal with that stuff, you know, they were like, what do we do? And then the chip shortage came and pretty much when that hit in the middle of the pandemic, um, anybody that needed DMX output chips pretty much had some really big issues and they had to redesign things because chips just weren't available. Right. And, and those struggles are still happening. It's not gone. It's just not as bad as it was at, at another point. Right. Um, and so, and so, um, and so there was that. And so when that happened, they said, well, we're going to have to redesign this thing anyways. So, you know, we're going to discontinue DMXs, and that's what they did. They've since come out with a new software for bands running their shows from stage and DJs. It's called Emu. Um, it's currently, it finally came out. It is $10 a month, or how much is it a year? Is it like 60 bucks a year? Um, that's so bad. Um, or if you buy their hardware, you get a certain amount of time free. And so, yeah, it's $10 a month, $9.95, or $100 a year, um, which is not bad. Um, what I want to see, and I've told them this many times, is a new EMU box, which they've promised is coming, but with the chip shortages and all that stuff, it's just not here yet. Um, but what I would like to see is a totally free version that involved, or not a free version, but a version where if you buy the box, which would have that foot pedal insert, a uh, foot pedal plug for just a, like a sustained pedal to a keyboard, uh, just a quarter inch cable, it would have that. And then it would unlock the software forever. Right. And hopefully be around the same cost of DMXs, which was around, I believe it had gone up to like 320 bucks, um, by time the chip shortage hit. Okay. So that's what I would like to see. Um, but as a software now, it's still pretty good. It's still definitely a replacement to DMXs. Um, it, it does work well. It does what it's supposed to. And in general, they've cut out a lot of the bugs from it. Um, I would say myself and other folks who are like the typical bands, you know, playing stuff from stage, um, we, we all find the interface to not quite be as nice as the old interface um it's definitely it looks like an electronic music program and if you're not into electronic music that can be that can put you off um but things actually scale in the new interface um there's some things they've added like grouping lights together uh a better color there's a 
is there a color picker? I think there's a color picker. Um, and, and it makes your life easier, you know. Um, well, now I have to launch it. Um, just see if there's a color picker. I'm the worst. Um, but seriously, um, so Emu is, I've gotten a lot of questions about that, but it is the replacement of DMX. This, and so far, so good. Um, you know, I would say we're always watching. We're always watching all the tools out there that are great uh, on the market. And trying to figure out the best thing for people. I um, know there's not a color picker, but I think they've said it's going to come. Um, and for somebody who's just starting with lighting, and they need to be PC or Mac either way, um, and they want it to be easy to run a band light show from stage, maybe with backing tracks, maybe not. They're still it's still the best option. Um, and so then the other things, what else is new in lighting control? The other thing that's new on the Onyx end of things are the new NX1, NXK, and NXP. And so if you've been considering Onyx, or if you use Onyx already, I want to just walk you through these real quick. Uh, we're dealers, of course, at Learn Stage Lighting Gear, and we want to be your Onyx experts. So uh, what you basically get is an NX1 is a standalone lighting console, but... Um, you know, when it's coming out, it's at a really great price, okay? Um, and it gives you 10 motorized faders and 8 DMX universes out and a small screen, uh, but you can add an external touch screen, no problem later. It also has a desk lamp. Um, and so you get a lot in a really small footprint for not a ton of money. That's what I like about it. Uh, it's the full software, too. So when you compare it to other consoles on the market, like the uh, Campsys Quick Q, which, again, we're also dealers, um, so, you know, we can get you either one at Learn Stage Lighting Gear. But consoles like the Campsys Quick Q, and there's a few others out there that are similar, um, they're kind of like junior consoles where, you know, you get going, and you're, you're programming away, and then you just keep hitting walls where you're like, oh, well... You know, this can't do that. This can't do that. This can't do that. You know, you, you start to run into all these limitations and that's no fun, right? Uh, this is a real full Onyx console, the NX1. It's got everything. And then they have the NX key, which I think everyone, the NXK, sorry, not key K for key for keyboard, uh, is a command keyboard that you can add onto the side or use with a PC with Onyx PC. Okay, so the NXK by itself, if you just plug it into a PC, gives you four universes of DMX output. Uh, it doesn't have any DMX on it. It just gives you those four universes. The only thing on it is a USB plug. Um, but it's a great keypad with four little tiny encoder wheels for programming. I would say if you're getting an NX1 um, or thinking about it, don't get it without the NXK. Unless it's truly going into a venue where it gets programmed once and it's going to be left forever and never updated and, and nobody really programs, right? If that's the case, yeah, then you could get the NX1 without the NXK. But the NXK is literally 10% more um, to the cost. It's, it's not much, and I think it's so well worth it. And then the third one is the NXP. So the NXK and P can be used with any of the Onyx consoles, or a PC setup. And the NXP is 10 more faders motorized uh, with 10 playback buttons. They're actually, instead of just playback buttons though, they're actually multi-function buttons. Um, so they can be F keys or playbacks. And on the NX1, there's those 10 keys and they can be playbacks 
F keys, or also on the programming side, your base or effects parameters, okay? Um, parameter selections. And so these are really cool, really powerful tools that um, I would say if you've looked at Onyx before and you thought, oh, you know, I need to get a PC, an, an Onyx a PC wing, you know, and they're non-motorized faders and that's out of my price range, you know, take a look at things like the NXK and P because now you're getting motorized faders. You know, these, the NX1, K and P all fit together with these little magnetic locking systems, um, or you can keep them apart and you can literally build your own modular consoles, which with whatever pieces fit your budget. And that's killer. Okay. Um, that is absolutely killer. And so, um, just another thing to look at. I know uh, we've ordered some to have some stock. Uh, we've sold a lot of them, but not all of them yet. So if you're interested, uh, be sure to let us know. And then when they do come out, this is a unit that I expect to go out of stock, at least at first, because uh, there's been a lot of excitement. A lot of people are really excited about them. Um, because honestly, like everything that they offer for the price that they're charging is pretty much unbeat when you look at competitors on the market, when you look at the other consoles out there. And so that's why that stuff is so cool. Okay, that is what's new today with lighting. Uh, that's what I got on my mind. I, I hope you're doing well today. Are you doing well? Uh, we got some big things coming up here on Learn Stage Lighting. First, I just got to thank you for listening to the show today. Um, we're, we're restarting here. I know it's it's uh, whew, it's been a while since I did the show, but I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful that you're listening. And I'm excited to continue working on this show and having you as a listener if you can. If you are listening, could you help us out? Uh, head over to LearnStageLighting.com. And I'm just going to check this quick. Slash podcast. Nope. LearnStageLighting.com slash iTunes. And that's going to give you an option to click over to iTunes, rate the podcast, or to Apple Podcasts. And we've got good ratings from the past, but... We haven't had any ratings recently because, oh yeah, our last podcast was last October. But we're getting back into it. Uh, I'm moving into a new office soon, and uh, we're going to have new videos, new podcasts, all kinds of great stuff. So if you could help us there, that would be great. And go ahead and enjoy your day. Make sure you enjoy the rest of your day today, and I will do the same as well. Thanks so much. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you guys in our next show. Thank you for listening to the What's Happening in Stage Lighting podcast. If you're interested in purchasing any gear, please visit our stage lighting store at learnstagelightinggear.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our other episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast platforms. Don't forget to grab our free beginner's guide to stage lighting on learnstagelighting.com. Learn Stage Lighting, helping you create great lighting. <laughs>